Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we are back with another episode covering season two, episode two of The Walking Dead called Bloodletting. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh... This episode was much, much better than last episode. Yeah, apparently we were a little harsh on the last episode, but this one, I liked. I really enjoyed it. Well, okay, I would say that we were tough but fair with the last episode. Absolutely fair. This episode is right up there with the pilot episode as far as its quality. It's nailing the tone. It's establishing its characters. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're actually going to talk about this because we got a lot of feedback about how negative we were on. um, And and the thing is, I don't think we were that negative. It's just that if you're used to listening and talk about Breaking Good, one of the top five (laughs) TV shows of all time. Yeah. uh, Because if you'll recall, I ripped into Breaking Bad a few times when I thought that their plotting wasn't so tight or the characters were a little muddy or the plot didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So it just turns out that that was a fantastic show. Yeah. But I, I don't understand the internet because, uh, I thought that, you know, based on Reddit and what I read some other places that the reception to the first show, uh, episode one, Mm -hmm. uh, of season two was mixed. Uh, but I guess among the fanboy contingent, it got rave reviews, and then I was watching the fan reaction to episode two, which I loved. I did too. And they're saying how boring it was. That okay, we'll talk about this near the end of the show a little bit more. But that blows my mind. Yeah, and in fact, if you find that you really liked last week's episode and you hated this week's episode, you might as well shut off now. This is not the <laughs> cast for you. Yeah, there are many yeah. Walking Dead casts. This one, however, is not for you. Yes. Um, and uh, so, like I said, we'll answer and read some of this criticism later on. I don't want to be that cast that gets all meta and sure. doesn't freaking talk about the episode. Yeah, because you guys want to hear about the episode. Uh, I do have a couple of points of news. Number one, okay. uh, good or bad news, depending on how this uh, <laughs> season goes. But the <laughs> yeah. AMC has already uh, shot their wad and <laughs> renewed Walking Dead for a third season. Nice. So if it continues to be like episode two, I'm really glad. And if it continues to be like episode one, (laughs) I'll be not watching. And not podcasting about it. Yes. Um, I also wanted to point out something that might soften my criticism a little bit. Oh, you want to keep your criticism nice and hard. Sharp, not hard. (laughs) No. be sharp but soft. Okay. (laughs) Like a Q-tip. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) At one point, uh, Robert Kirkman, uh, the creator of The Walking Dead, the comic, mm-hmm. uh, who's also going to be a fixture on The Talking Dead. Who's Robert Kirkman? <laughs> is it not Robert Kirkman? No, it is. Oh, I was making a joke. You derailed me. I went meta. Sorry. I thought we agreed not to derail each other. We did. Uh, you violated the compact. I'm walking out. <laughs> He's I'm, walking dead. Yeah. Uh, God damn it, Jim. <laughs> All so right. he was on this show, and he's flapping his gums, and mm-hmm. he said uh, – someone asked him, is the non-use of the word zombie deliberate? Yeah. And we talked about this before. Um, not using the Z word is kind of like a tradition among zombie films. In fact, they kind of poke mm-hmm. fun of it in uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. Uh, but he actually said it's a deliberate choice because in this particular universe, the one in which The Walking Dead occurs in – Zombie fiction of all forms does not exist. Hmm. So it's as if there are no Romero films, there are no Walking Dead comics. The concept of the undead rising is completely foreign to them. So a lot of the, well, it'd be obvious and 
You know, mm-hmm. it would also yeah. explain why people didn't really know what to do. Sure, nobody's sitting around talking about this stuff, right? Day after, day and night, you know. Right, and also, you know, if you saw your loved one get up after they apparently died of a fever or went into a long coma, mm-hmm. your first reaction wouldn't be, "Oh my God, blow its head off!" It'd be, yeah, "It's yeah. a miracle!" Until they gnaw your face, and then it's too late. And I'd like to think that we're actually more prepared for the zompocalypse. When that happens, because we know, we know if somebody gets up after they're dead, they're a zombie. You say that, Jim, how many guns do you own? Uh, I own some Fists of Fury, man. You're, you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will, I will pull a Shane and I will punch (laughs) a zombie out. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I think that's the only three things I want to talk about, and then let's get to the recap. All right, let's do it. Uh, So the episode opens up with a Lori flashback, and I actually went on Reddit and posted an article that said, hey, why don't we have some good flashbacks? Because that would give me a lot of insight into the character motivations and into uh, why they're doing what they're doing. And it turns out, hey, we are getting flashbacks. They started out the episode with one. And I thought it was a pretty effective flashback. Uh, yes, it was very effective at showing me how freaking enormous Shane's earlobes are. They're gigantic. My God. <laughs> it's like he's a body <laughs> modification artist and he yeah. shoved ping pong balls into the lobes. Yeah, he's... They can be used as a flotation device. The Grand Negus has nothing on this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I made that post, too. I was oh, like, there's you? Ferengi blood in those lobes. That was, okay. I yeah, that was that. me. Um, Reddit, what can you do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that one of the ways to address our criticism about the characters is to do more of these flashbacks. Absolutely. And at the pace that Walking Dead goes at, I think they can afford to, until we get a handle, um, I mean, Lost flashback like almost every episode yeah almost yeah yeah. and they had a similarly sized cast of characters with different Mm -hmm. backgrounds i think that i would like to see them do more of this because it's hard to establish the characterization during the actual apocalyptic event yeah because we are we are assuming that they are acting irrationally when maybe they have reasons in the past to kind of have these weird relationships with each other and also anytime you add zombies in the mix Mm -hmm. it's going to drive up the tension it's going to make people do things that they may not normally do and seeing the weird actions of these characters without the context of knowing what they were like before doesn't connect me to them right it it makes me think they're dumb right yeah yeah exactly i mean if someone's acting dumb with no reason that you as a viewer know that they're acting all you can Mm -hmm. do is assume that it's their turn to hold the idiot ball yeah that's not what I need to care about characters because I don't really care about stupid characters and annoying characters. Exactly. So, so we need to see their normal lives before this. Um, yeah. And I think it was effective because it establishes the, the characters of Shane and Lori and kind of what their relationship was like, what Shane's relationship yeah. was with the family, mm-hmm. not just with Rick. Absolutely. Um, cause you could tell when he's looking at Lori and Carl, when she's telling him about, uh, Rick, there's, I'm not sure exactly what the look was, but there's definitely a connection to those two with Shane. Right. He's He certainly likes them. Right. And I think that it also gives a lot more background into the problems that Rick and Lori were having, mm-hmm. you know, what the extent of those were. Uh, it also gave uh, – because, again, I thought I, – I think Carl comes off a little creepy, and this episode did a long <laughs> way towards making me forget about that. Yeah, when you see a, a kid coming out of school with a backpack on, it's like, oh, he's a normal kid. And also finding out that your dad's just been shot. And yeah. That's, mm-hmm. You know, the acting was just fantastic all around. It made everyone instantly more sympathetic to me. Although, I have to say, going back to Lori and Rick's relationship, 
she is emotionally messed up in this flashback because she is angry at Rick for not being angry at her. What's going on there? Because she at some point says that like she wish she wishes that Rick would yell more or get in her face and tell her off. Like no, that's a common female complaint it. about men that they're, that they're emotionally they're emotionally closed off. They're passive. That there's no passion. Hmm. You know, and that's an, an unhealthy now, behavior s- to act out to try to get that. But. See, I certainly can see that in Rick. Like he doesn't tell people what he's thinking very often. He doesn't like go overboard and shout at people but he does seem very decisive to me like he he knows what's right and he does it he takes action so i i don't know that was a little weird for me seeing laurie so so messed up about that uh like i said i I buy it and it's something that sets into a lot of marriages that you know have gone on a while and have kids and yeah the passion kind of goes out of it and and one or the other partner needs that so Especially and, and, with cops. I mean, one of my buddies mm-hmm. uh, works for the IMPD, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I guess I can talk about it since we're not using our real names, and I'm not even mentioning his name, but he's got, you know, he, he, he has a lot of struggles with that, too, because his job requires him to bottle a lot of shit up. Sure, yeah. I mean, I was on a ride-along with him, and some dude got shot, uh-huh. and, you know, he's rushing up to this scene, shotgun drawn, and all these other officers, like, and then... Two hours later, we're having breakfast at Burger King. Yeah. And I'm still, like, jittery and stuff. And, and that's just, a normal day for him. Yeah, he's just chowing down on the – and I'm like, dude, this is fucked up. So yeah. if you're a police officer, uh, you have to build up a certain amount of walls between your professional and your personal life. And I think that that often is at the detriment to the family life. It's, it's sure. a, it's, it takes a strong dude to balance all that. But actually, I think that her her expression here about Rick actually contributes to – um, or explains a little bit why she likes Shane so much because Shane is very much a yes. tell you how I feel and like express himself kind of guy. Sure, much more than direct, Rick. forceful. Uh-huh. So as soon as Rick's out of the picture like that, I can see why she jumped into bed with Shane. Because obviously they have that connection. The family, okay, like, is always around. He's the father figure to Carl. Like, yeah, it, I it don't know. Seems... Honestly, I don't know how I feel about all that because we okay. don't. We don't know enough about it, and I, th- I re- again, I'm not going to harp on this, but I do think it was a misstep to have Shane almost rape Lori yeah. in the CDC shelter, and, and then be if, like, "What? If that if deal. that scene had not existed, I think this arc character arc would be a whole lot less WTF for me." Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so, but you know, bygones, bygones. I like what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say? No. Let's move on to the next scene. Rick and Shane and Otis are running to the farm, and Rick's carrying Carl. Um, Otis can barely keep up. Shane's basically dragging him along. And I, I, this was a really good scene for me. I really felt the urgency that Rick was feeling to get this kid to a doctor, get this kid to someone who might be able to help. Yeah. I mean, as a father of a small, uh, of a little boy myself, this is literally nightmare fuel. I've <laughs> literally had nightmares where hmm. either my son is injured and cause I'm not, I'm a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I could, in my present condition, run five miles to get my son the medical attention if I had yeah. to. And um, it, I kind of felt the same thing in the movie True Grit, where the old guy is trying to write, you know, literally run with a uh-huh. girl dying of snake bit poison. It's like that. You know, your physical body can only do so much. Sure. 
and how bad that would feel to have your body fail the person that you love yeah. and you know to be so when your exhausted. mind is when your mind hasn't failed and i thought he had actually had a really good touch where he like sank to his knees and like was sagging and then he looked down at at carl and like this like mm-hmm. lurches himself and like forces him to go on um again like i said i don't know anybody that doesn't have kids or whatever but i found a lot of this episode tough to watch and really gripping sure um now i want to say introduce the concept of cheap heat <laughs> what um cheap heat. like that's a wrestling term <laughs> sounds like a keanu reeves movie or something no that, that, that's like a it's like a wrestling term okay so like if you got a wrestler that has a hook that plays on people's natural feelings like for example uh it's the, in the first gulf war and you got the iron <laughs> sheik and okay. he gets up there and he tramples on American flag and the whole crowd is going ballistic. Uh-huh. It's not because he's necessarily got a great character. It's because he's playing on people's – so I, I want to say bravo writers for tapping into these primal urges of child endangerment. we sure. got two children endangered now. <laughs> yeah, right. But I hope they use this springboard on to just in general better motivations and stronger because you can't do this week in after week out. There's only Absolutely. two kids for one thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really – Well, that's kind of what the comic is about, right? I mean, the comic is about what what happens with your humanity when shit goes crazy like right. this in the zombie apocalypse. And you have to go to those very, very dark places mm-hmm. to really explore that subject. Mm-hmm. And th- that's where we're seeing it start to go. Right. Um, there was a lot of debate on Reddit about whether Merle – um, and his character were kind of the darkness in humanity with the racism and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so personally, but a lot of people didn't think didn't consider that very dark. I, I thought it was pretty dark. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dude, cutting off his own hand and being Plus, like he's extremely just, racist and a, just a horrible and he was shit. A sociopath. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, An the, egomaniac. Everything yeah. you can be. The yeah. darkest parts of humanity are wrapped up in Merle. Well, we are talking about Reddit. We are. So they're like, nah, I've seen, yeah, you know. Yeah, I've seen worse on Reddit. Right. Um, so we do get introduced in this scene to some people with some decent southern accents. Yeah. I was happy about that. Right. We get a couple of country bumpkins, and they actually sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, is it now time, now that they're covered in blood, is it time for Rick to ditch his sheriff's outfit? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been covered in war. I mean, didn't it get covered in zombie gore at one point? I mean, this uh, guy's got a, wonder... a dry cleaner somewhere in the <laughs> yeah. party that's keeping track of him. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. So next scene, Daryl sets a uh, sets the group straight in the woods. He's basically everybody is like, "Oh, we need to pray to God, and we need to do this and do that." Well, first and... of all, Carol opens her dumbass mouth, and like it... <laughs> you don't like Carol, do you? No. Well, dude, it's the writer's problem because, mm-hmm. she... and and I didn't think it was particularly well acted. She's literally. And maybe it's because she reminds me of my mother, who all hmm. who does things like says with a smile on her face, "Your baby's grotesquely fat," or "Boy, your baby's <laughs> not going to." I mean, she says like these really hurtful things, but thinks that. And then I don't know. Like I said, maybe this is my personal baggage. We should probably edit this out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, when she said, "I keep hoping and praying," she does end up like Amy. Yeah. To me, that was very felt like when you see one of the women on Facebook that, like, posts something oblique about her boyfriend just to get a reaction. I mean, I don't think – that that played off like it was – and, again, I don't know if it's because it was 
is bacon gauntleted writers mm-hmm. with the hand fist or it was just poor acting but it came off me like it was attention whoring see i thought it was just or starting shit i thought they played it like a slip of the tongue really like she, she was thinking that she didn't mean to say it and then it came out but that did springboard onto an awesome sermon by Daryl. Oh, Daryl steps in and becomes the man. Yeah. He, he's just like, I'll tell you what it's worth. Not a damn thing. Right. He's like, am I the only one who's zen around here? Good Lord. That's like, a- really, he should not be the only one zen. Yeah. He shouldn't be zen at all. No, he should be kind of the crazy one. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's weird that, like, he's probably not a natural leader. Mm-hmm. But he's being forced in that role because exactly. of the weak shit that is happening yeah. before his eyes. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't really want the role. How many characters in this show would not be alive had it not be for Daryl? I mean, I know T-Dog last week. <laughs> yeah, T-Dog definitely. Um, uh, I think most of them, honestly. I believe he saved Rick uh, at least once last season. Mm, probably. That crossbow of his, just by its nature of oh, being a silent yeah. killer, has killed, probably saved the whole party. Absolutely. So, anyway, yeah, yeah Dar- I love that Daryl's scene. Awesome. Daryl continues to be a my favorite character. Easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Run away. So next scene, Dale is inspecting T-Dog's arm. And apparently... By the way, how about one of you guys keeping a lookout? <laughs> That's Did you forget say. the giant horde of fucking walkers that just went yeah. through yesterday? Yesterday? <laughs> He's not learned his lesson yet, apparently. No. Uh-uh. So... Uh, th- <laughs> and then we've got like them scavenging through the cars and stuff, trying to find medication for T-Dog. And he comes across the empty, bloody baby or child seat. Mm -hmm. That is the most terrifying of all zombie breeds is the baby zombie, the infant zombie. Yeah, because there's only two possibilities there. Either a zombie came across a living child and ate it. Sure. Which is horrifying. Or you had a baby turn zombie in the back seat and someone had to blow its head off, which is also horrifying. Or it's still out there. And it's Crawling. slowly crawling around, yeah, like making zom- its way towards the group. I, I don't like the zombie children. I think, They're freaky, man. I think they should stay the hell off the show. I, I like the adult <laughs> walkers. Thank you very much. I like a good creepy zombie baby every once in a while. Um, now, I, you kind of... Um, didn't didn't you skip over the fact where we had kind of little... It got all racial up in here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, I think that was then. I think so too, and if not, let's just take tackle it. Um, I, don't, I don't think it is actually because later on they're they've gathered supplies and T Dog is like sitting smoking. That's what okay. they talk about. All right, let's so, uh, let's we'll move on. Move then. on. Uh, next scene: Rick and Shane are having a little heart to heart over at the ranch or at the farm rather, and I I like this. I thought they were really. I can feel the connection that they have, and it. I understand situ- Shane's situation a lot better because he is kind of in a rock and a hard place. He he really likes Rick. They've been friends for a long time. But at the same time, he's really attracted to Lori. Yeah. And what do you do in that scenario, especially after what him and Lori have been through when they were thinking Rick was dead and, you know, they were physical and everything like that? Yeah, and I think that's why the flashbacks are the answer because we had like a an uh, Obi-Wan Anakin situation here, right, where – uh, the writers are telling us, hey, these guys are best buddies and friends. Yeah. When really, this is a visual medium they should show us. I mean, George Lucas is like, would throw away dialogue about how great of friends they were. Uh-huh. But in the movies, Anakin is kind of a dick to Obi-Wan and vice versa, and they really don't, we never really see them be friends. Well, we we see 
enough of that, I think, in this. I'm yes. I'm starting to feel their connection, yes. especially this episode. Uh, even in the pilot, there was some of that when they're sitting in the car talking. No, before right. I'm just saying down. that it's it's. I, that's why I think the flashbacks are so good to set this type of yeah. stuff up because you <laughs> get. You know, again, TV is a visual medium. We need to be shown rather than told a lot of this stuff, and this is a, a very a po- a positive step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also like the fact that Shane, you know, is like, you've got to get this monkey off your back about Carol and Sophie. Hmm. And as a Peyton Manning fr- uh, fan, I am an expert about monkeys and being on backs. <laughs> okay. But, um, uh, you know, th- that, that I think Shane almost – begrudgingly last episode was saying hey it's not your fault but yeah it was kind of you know leaving the 11 but now he's like fully in this is my best friend he's in anguish mm-hmm. nobody deserves a child to be you know kind of um very like uh it'd go wire reference uh when rawls after kima got shot with mcnulty like he hates the guy um doesn't like him at all mm-hmm. but he sits down and like you know, he gave him like the say, "Hey, this wasn't your fault." Speech, and it yeah. meant a lot because, you know, maybe maybe it meant more to me because Shane obviously has had problems with Rick. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. almost pulled the trigger on him in season one when he had him in the scope. There's a solid case to be made for Shane not giving a shit. Yeah, right. But he steps up and he's the friend that is there for his friend. Or to know? use this to put the nail in the coffin. I mean, sure. like just ramp up the guilt yeah. and make him, you know. So again, I like anything that I think she redeems Shane's character is good for the show. Well, he started to do that when they first went to track Sophie. Um or Sophia, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he kind of says, she just went off. I can't believe you left her here by herself. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he did start to do that. But now when Carl's in trouble, right. he knows better than that. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so next scene, we come back from commercial and someone needs to go find Lori. So uh, Rick's talking to Shane. <laughs> Rick really wants to go and find Lori, bring her back to be with Carl. A lot of people have problems with that. Uh <laughs> My my only problem was when uh, Shane says, if you try to go, I'm going to break your legs. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> if I were Rick, I would respond, if you try to break my legs, I'm going to break your legs. Right. Yeah, that's my comeback. Break off. <laughs> yeah, leg break off. Um, well, that's an appropriate. I mean, it's tough to say what you do in that situation, but I know people act irrationally and they mm-hmm. make, you know, stupid decisions, especially when you're kind of trapped in this horrible situation. It's like, you want to get away, mm-hmm. even if it's your kid, perhaps. Um, and at this point, when he's talking to Shane, he doesn't know that he's going to have to give blood transfusions to Carl. No, but so there's a little more of a case to be made for. I find maybe I should go look. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I'll criticize the show. Obviously, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's hard for me to say, well, as a father, I would never leave my son's side if he's in a, I mean, I don't think I would, mm-hmm. but when you're in that situation, you know, especially with all that's gone on and, you know, the relationship with him and Lori, the need to connect her with them. And the fact is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's not the best dad with Carl too. I mean, do we have any maybe. real evidence that they, I mean, if he was emotionally closed off from Lori, maybe you know, a lot mm-hmm. of dads have a hard time dealing with their kids and, like, you know, doing the kind of caretaking. Well, and... I think there's a strong case to be made for that point because Carl, to me, seems a lot more attached to Shane than he does to Rick. 
Yeah. He, he's always seeking approval from Shane, but I don't really see him doing that with his father. Well, but that's uh, that's normal, you know, kids a lot of times latch on to uncles and things because mm. they're the cool ones and the grandparents. Because uh, they're not telling them no all the time and saying you can't And also that. the parents are always hugging and kissing and telling you I love you. The other adults work harder, and mm. so they crave it even more. Hmm. Interesting. So... Um, but, but but Shane's absolutely right here, right? Rick cannot leave. No, Rick needs to be here. But but why doesn't uh, Shane uh, say if, I'm gonna go? Even if he wasn't a positive, he sure. totally he still needs to be. He there. still needs to be there for Carl. And the, yeah, I, but why I, doesn't Shane say, "Hey, I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna go find Lori and bring her back here. Don't worry about it." I don't know. That's a good question. You know why? It's a plot contrivance. He has to be at the high school. He has to go there, so they needed him to stick around. They couldn't have him off looking for Lori. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, that didn't have to go down that way. It didn't. They could have postponed. Um, I think Shane stayed the same reason that, that Carl stayed because, you know, he wanted to make sure Carl had support. That, you know, you so what's, the, the, supporting the kid is the most important thing. The second mm-hmm. most important thing in Shane's mind is not to, uh, to bring the other parent is completely blissfully ignorant about what's going on. Sure, sure. Uh, the most important thing is to comfort his friend who is in anguish. So that's interesting. So he's like you dealing think... it with a hierarchy of priorities is why I think he did it. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Um, what do you think about that, listeners? I just defended the writers. Hey, yeah. I feel dirty. Let me wash my hands. <laughs> uh, so... He mentions um, how strong Lori was when Rick was in the hospital. You should have seen her. She was she was a rock. She teared a skin right off the back of your neck. And I'm <laughs> okay. I'm wondering if that's not part of what attracted Shane to Lori as well. Like what? Oh, for sure. What absolutely like made them for sure end up getting together for sure. Uh, but honestly, this this whole scene where the doctor comes in and tells him. Like, hey, look, your son's really in trouble. He needs blood transfusions. Well, the the bullets are in there deep. I got one of five out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's bleeding into his stomach. He's in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. That this plot point made the most sense to me of like any plot point that the show's ever done. Yeah, because this seems logical and realistic. You and know? it's not optional. You have to, you know, absolutely. Someone isn't... has to go. Yeah, and Rick is going to go if no one does. Yeah. So Shane has to step up and volunteer. And this scene where they dug the bullet out of Carl's body was <laughs> incredibly disturbing for, you know, uh, cable television, primetime cable television either. Even. You think so? Yeah. I More mean, disturbing I, than rooting around in a zombie's guts last episode? Oh, God, yeah, because who gives a shit about the zombie? <laughs> the zombie don't feel no pain. Oh, it's okay. I mean, plus it's a All child. Right. I mean, one of my all-time squeamish scenes is in the Master and Commander movie where they have to whip the arm off of that kid, amputate mm-hmm. it, and it's just gruesome. Um, this was worse because, you know, the kid is yelling and screaming, and they have the wound right there in front of you. and Oh, God. And, yeah. then, and then, like, I'm sitting there, like, panting. You know, and the doctor sits there and goes, well, that's one of six. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And that's the shallowest one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brutal. God. Brutal. But I do like these people a lot. Yeah. I, I, I the country like, people, the farm people, I, I love them. I almost feel like they're setting us up for something really bad. Like, oh, this is a... Like a nuclear weapon dropped on the farm. <laughs> like, like, there's going to be something really bad about this family. Somehow. Oh, I see. Like, they've got a bunch of 
you know, their neighbors slaughtered in the basement. Yeah. You know, they're eating people. That's how the, you know, hmm. I don't know. I don't it's, know. We'll see. But I like them for now, anyway, until they slaughter their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, next scene. <laughs> Basically, this is a very, very short scene. The people in the woods give up. They're just like, we're going home. Sophia's not out here. Yeah. Um, urge the nitpick rising. Uh, I didn't talk about this last week, but if the whole purpose is having all these people traipsing the f- forest is to cover more ground, mm-hmm. why are they walking in single file? Uh, that's a good point. Why don't they that's walk? Why don't they walk within like visual range? Like, you know, 50, mm-hmm. 60 feet apart. That way, if the girl was dead and lying, they'd actually, you know, have a better chance of stumbling upon her. Well, I think the problem here is that Andrea will just walk off in any direction she feels that's like. That's the thing. It <laughs> well, also made a hell of a lot yeah. more sense for that to happen because the yeah, way yeah. he shot that scene, it's like she's walking with the group and all of a sudden here's a zombie pushing up on her. Yeah. We're not <laughs> quite there yet. We got a couple more scenes to go and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but the next scene is Shane and Otis getting ready to head to the high school, and uh, Rick hands Otis his gun. And Otis is like, "It was a fine weapon. I'll get it back to you." Well, I gotta say, shape, whatever. Otis was in my notes, fatty, <laughs> redneck mountain man. He became Otis when <laughs> he. Be- <laughs> Okay. He became Otis in my notes when he stood up and took responsibility and said, "I'm going. Gotcha, I'm going yeah. to the the high school because I, you know, I kind of didn't like him for being for shooting Carl. I mean, Naturally, that's a that's a that's a, a, a dick move, man. Absolutely. That's, uh, you you don't take a shot unless you confirm what's you know what you're shooting at. Mm-hmm. And to miss a ten year old boy standing behind a damn deer, um. So, yeah, I actually thought that that instantly made his character because, yeah. you know, kind of Shane was a dick to him and Lori, obviously, oh, you well, know, yeah. she wasn't there when he got, thank goodness, or yeah, she, she hasn't, clawed his eyes She hasn't out. been a bitch yet. She had torn the skin off his neck. But, yeah, no kidding. Um, I really found myself liking this guy by the yeah. episodes in. Well, he wants to step up and do what's right. He's he He's taking responsibility for his actions. Yeah, absolutely he is. And he's going to fix the problem. Uh, do, so do you think Rick is getting that gun back? That's my question to you. Uh, we need to kick this discussion to the spoiler section because I've got a lot to say about Shane and Otis and their predic- predicament, but I I can't really get into but it. But it's without... spoilery? It's not just predictions but on your part? No, it's You spoilery. have inside info? It's spoilery. Oh, okay. I'm not, All yeah, right. I'm not saying any more until we get to the spoiler section. Next scene. Uh, we come back from commercial and T-Dog's got a fever. The, the only, only prescription is antibiotics. There's <laughs> a bitch slap from Dale, apparently. Um, so what do you think of this scene? Uh, wow. I, first of all, Dale says they're pulling together supplies and all they've got is a guitar. That seems a little weird to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Essential zombie survival seat. stuff. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I'm not sure whose side I'm on here because I kind of agree with T-Dog and I kind of agree with Dale in, in separate parts. I'm, I'm just not sure but they both have good points. All I know is if I was the only black guy rolling with a uh, a posse of racist mm-hmm. rednecks, I'd use my given goddamn name. I wouldn't be rolling around as <laughs> T Dog. Yeah, yeah. Dude's riding an I would SS be in Harley. Full, I'd be in full time Huxtable mode. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> His name is Theodore, actually. Yeah, yeah I'd so. get the sweater out. All right. Uh, offer people some pudding pops. No, I mean, I think this is dead on. I mean, yeah, he's running a fever and all that stuff, but uh-huh. he's got the the dude's run, riding a motorcycle with yeah. SS Nazi stormtrooper insignia on it. Yeah, you might have just kicked me over to T-Dog's side here because T-Dog makes a point based on fact and based on logic, whereas Dale just goes, are you crazy? 
Right. What are you talking about? Right. No, I don't believe that for a second. Right. Well, because Dale doesn't make any points. Dale strikes me as a granola eating hippie, and he doesn't doesn't see evil in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. The one point that he does make is that uh, Daryl has saved his life a couple times. Yes. So, but I also I mean, there's that. If I was, you know, T Dog, and I'm thinking, you know, if I start running a fever. And fevers mean death by zombification. Ooh. Uh, are these white people going to spend as much effort to save me as they are this little girl or this, you know, mm-hmm. or, or am I going to be super expendable? And that's, I mean, I like the fact that the show is going here. Also, yeah. just like, yeah. uh, we haven't recapped it, but in the first season, I liked when the women kind of, like, you know, thought, wow, we are back to... We we've lost two thousand years of fem, you know female progress. Yeah, and it's not because now the men are sitting around dicking around and we're doing all the housework and stuff just because they're strong and can hold you know can shoot guns. Well, that's how it breaks down in the zombocalypse. Well, no, but I mean strong people with guns. You know, like I said, it's it's I like it when they take you know if this show mm. is just about zombies, fine. Mm. I'm not really interested in recapping it, but if it touches on social issues yeah. and. You know, themes about family and, and deep-seated drama like that, that's why I'm watching it. Absolutely. That's what the comic book does so well, and that's why we wanted to cover it on a podcast, you know? Um, let's quit real quick. Okay, so the next scene, Andrea gets stupid and almost dead, actually. Um, Literally. She went, uh, the writers inflicted her with stupidity. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it, paranormal stupidity. Like, I don't... I don't she, know if she teleported or what, but she got so far away from the group yeah. in a matter of two seconds. The the editors are clearly working with the zombies here. <laughs> oh, I mean, one of the editors yeah. is a zombie. Yeah, yeah. But she went from you know tough chick that like wanted her gun and all that stuff mm-hmm. to oh my god, I've been walking at the mall all day. My feet are hurt. I'm trip. I mean, she's like that's not Andrea. But yeah, I yeah, but the zombie had to munch on her somehow, I guess. Yeah, they had to get her away from the group, but they should have lingered on it for another fifteen or so seconds with her just like fumbling around or whatever. Because or if she like said, uh, "Oh, my foot, my shoe just came off. I'm going to sit down at this log to put it back on and have the zombie jump her from there." Yeah, yeah, because they they ran for a good twenty seconds. Yeah, and weren't weren't onto her before right. the chick on the the horse came by and smashed the zombie yeah. with the bat. Right. So I I don't know. They also, were hundreds of yards away. Did, I mean, with all those badass machetes they found last episode, the best they could do is give her a four inch knife. I mean, that's what she has. Well, she for, has a gun, doesn't she? Yeah, but she got it last episode. You should not use that. No, she should not use it. She was smart. Everyone not to. that in that raiding party should have had one of those machetes or an I'm axe. I'm surprised or something. she's not still using the screwdriver. Honestly, uh, <laughs> just keep that thing out right through the eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a, a a lone zombie is you can hold off indefinitely. Just oh, keep yeah. their teeth away from you and wait for help to come. And why do people always trip when they're running away from zombies? I don't know. Because the plot requires it. Same reason yeah. why Rick insisted on running from two zombies, looking behind him, and tripping in the stream bed. Running, yeah. Instead yeah. of like, I'm way faster than these guys. I can hear them. Uh-huh. Because the, the goddamn zombies can't be on screen at that <laughs> all the time. So that's a fairly decent zombie. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, if you looped out a hundred times, that's exactly what the sound effects at the high school sound like. Yeah, that's. I find that funny in the same way like Daryl's autopsy was funny. 
When they have a huge crowd of zombies, <laughs> and the, the they, they start sounding like Sleezaks from the old Land of the Lost. Wow. Like, I don't what remember it, what they sound really? like. Really? It's been a long time well, there since are I saw some, that show. There are some podcast listeners busting their ass laughing right now because um, it does. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. All right. So... So in comes the cavalry, and she bashes off literally. the head. Yep, literally on the horse. She rode um, in on her high horse. And I, I love the way that Daryl just kills this zombie so nonchalantly. He starts to creep up and go, and he's just right. like, shut up. Right. Bam, right through the head. That's a hard-headed zombie, man. Did he collect that crossbow bolt? Did he go uh, back you know, to that thing? It seemed like he was walking past. I bet he yeah. did, but... Surely he would have. The rule of cool suggested it would be... He would look cooler stomping off screen than to double around and yeah. pull the... Yeah. So. Uh, so they get back to the highway, and Andrea is being super bitch on Dale. Like, Total bitch face. It, Dale honestly cares about this girl and doesn't want her to die. He wants her to live, and she wants to die. Just kill yourself already. Just be done with it. Don't traipse around in the woods with them. Get them into trouble. Just Plus, kill yourself. I thought Lori put the psh on this last week when she gave yeah. her, her damn gun and said, everybody, shut the fuck up and get over it. I mean. But no, Andrea's not going to let it die. This, isn't, this is not my favorite plot point, especially when I think I know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. This is really not my favorite narrative that they're they're going yeah, with. Yeah, I, I don't really I, like I, it either. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> okay, so next scene. Uh Rick and Lori are uh reunited at the farm. She mm-hmm. she comes up on the horse and it, I just for people who don't want to split up, they're awfully split up. Right? They've got four groups. Um well, yes. Yeah. And I, I it's funny that I think that yes, no they don't in as a group want to split up, but individually they have very strong reasons to go. Like for example, Hey, my kid just got shot. Uh, fuck y'all. I'm riding on with the horse lady. Sure. You know, like sure. Daryl's like, this is stupid. And, and then the others, yeah, they are sending them ahead because T-Dog has an infection, a blood infection. He needs medical mm-hmm. treatment. So it makes sense to. Um, and, and they're staying back to wait for Sophia. Which but is weak, but. It, it is weak. Because uh, now. Get, there's feedback on that. I'd like to talk about okay. that then. All right. Then um, we'll wait till We then. did skip. What did you think about the doctor's speech? This yeah. is why I. His name is Herschel, by the way. Uh, he's he's dropping some anti-humanist philosophy on Rick. Yeah. That's, this is why I think that this might secretly be a scary type family. Because did oh. I hear it wrong? Or did he just basically say AIDS was nature's way of restoring life's balance? <laughs> I think you're right about that. I think that did, did was there like he's, a seven? He basically said, "I love AIDS," is what he said. Yeah, I mean, he's very Pat Robertson there. Oh boy! I mean, I thought yeah. that I was going to get the seven hundred club uh, prayer line at the yeah. bottom of the state. I, I mean, I know that's not what he, I guess, meant, but it's what he yeah. said. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he just meant nature has a way. The, the earth will cleanse itself when we, when we get too pesky, you know, like the earth isn't going to let us destroy it. It's it's gonna do what it does. Hey, I didn't and this buy is part of it. I didn't buy that crap when M Night Shyamalan was pushing it, and I ain't buying it when Herschel does either. <laughs> when was he pushing it? In the happening? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, man, no. the trees were fighting back. They, oh, they had God. the trees that had it up to wow. here with us, and they started sneezing on us, and we all died. Oh, God. So anyway, no, I see. I I think the Earth is a little more crafty than that. Right. Uh, so it uses zombies, not trees. So then we come back from commercial. Uh, Lori's being predictably bitchy again. She confronts the doctor. And she says, have you ever done this before? And he's like, oh, he, 
He confesses that he's a vet. Which, um... Yeah, let's talk about this. Don't... Vets have a hard job. I mean, they Very perform hard. surgery, and they're, full, they're like qualified medical doctors for animals. Yeah. I'd almost argue their job is harder because they have to specialize in this across many different species. The stakes are lower. Mm-hmm. If you kill Fluffy... Yeah. Uh, you know, some kids cry and the dog gets cremated and everybody moves on in their life. You, you kill grandma and you get slapped with me- medical malpractice and maybe mm-hmm. go to jail if you're really negligent. So, but a veterinarian is no joke. No, they they are medical practitioners and surgeons. Yes. They can do these operations. And what does Lori want? Well, the guy's you, doing everything possible to save the kid. I would rather have a vet working on me than like a general practitioner. Sure. Like yeah. your family doctor who's yeah, I never opened wouldn't up want a, bo- a foot doctor doing surgery on me. Yeah. That'd be insane. I'd rather have a veterinarian working on me than a paramedic. Yeah. And and honestly or a than, proctologist or or a, or a combat <laughs> medic. Like, uh, combat medic is no. He's doing well. That's true. He's his job is to do it quickly. If yeah, if and, I want him to apply a tourniquet and whip my arm off or deliver me an ampule <laughs> of uh, morphine, sure. Mm. But again, the the counterexample she uh, shot out didn't necessarily thrill me. Whereas most sure. vets do a lot of internal medicine. Absolutely. And my thing is just man, he's doing everything he can. Yeah. Otis has gone out to try to find the equipment that the doctor needs to fix his kid. The doctor obviously knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what equipment it needs. He knows exactly what's wrong with the kid. And they're and they're they're opening their home to all these psychotics. Okay, <laughs> uh-huh. like like sure. Otis could have been like, "Oh, sorry about your kid," yeah. because we're protecting us and ours. Sure, yeah. If so, it's like, yeah, I thought that, and I, again, you know, she's gone into psycho bitch grizzly mama bear mode. Mm-hmm. And you can excuse a lot of that because uh, – and I did because she really played that scene where she saw Carl for the first time sure. effectively. That felt real. Yeah, definitely. Um, I so. understand her motivation for it, but, man, there are – the guy's trying. Get, uh-huh. Cut him some slack. But uh-huh. it, he has a perfect response to it. At the end, after all of her bitching, yes. um, what does she say to him? She says, you're in over your head, ain't you? Oh, uh, like yeah. And he goes, aren't we all, ma'am? Yeah. Which, I tell you what, that guy needs to get a gold medal for taking shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, when he says, ma'am, aren't we all, he's saying, go fuck yourself. Well, <laughs> like, that's his that's his way of dismissing it and saying, that's the classiest. I understand, but we're all dealing with that's it. That's the classiest GFY I've ever heard. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. So next scene, uh, Shane and Otis arrive at the high school, and, oh my god, that's a lot of zombies, is all I thought about this scene. Uh... Okay, so let's talk about strategy here. And thanks, FEMA. Thanks for congregating all the zombies here. <laughs> right. Um, I thought that the throwing the flare idea was pretty was perfectly good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, what if they had turned on like the ambulance siren? What if they had used the truck that they came in to run the zombies around? Yeah, like drive up, say, "Hey, like, zombies, here Otis we are!" Is like, I'm, get the, us. I'm the beefy one. I'm gonna slap the side of this thing mm-hmm. and then drive off at a 15 mile an hour pace, and you know, or get them all to follow get me. Into a big wide and arc. I'm gonna go around the block and I'm gonna keep circling the block until I see you wave me. Or, exactly. Um, bring a couple flare instead of throwing them all. Uh-huh. 
bring a flare or two with you. Or how about when you go to exit the trailer, don't fling the door open like a madman. Uh, I, the thing is, without a distraction, I thought that it was almost inevitable. And but he I, could have inched it open to see if there was anything out there. He doesn't have to throw the thing open and shout, Hey, zombies, are right. you out there? Ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. <laughs> yeah. Come get it. Um, Ridiculous. What did you think also? Did you have a problem with the fact that they skipped the ambulance that was right there? Uh, to try to find the supplies that they needed? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, an ambulance is pretty fully decked out, typically. You'd have an intubation, intubation tube, at, at the least. Obviously. And a lot of antibiotics. And a respirator is just like they needed. Hell, just get in stuff. it and drive it off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, come back to the house and be like, I, does this got what you need in it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like... I never like to say, hey, just get in and drive it off. Because who knows if there's gas in it, for one. Who knows if there's keys in it for another? But you like, could find that out before you obviously. Yes, you could absolutely find that out. I just, I just don't like saying, "Hey, why didn't they jump in all of these cars?" Because there are six billion cars on the highway that you know, they can jump there's, in. There's a, there's a Marine posting on Reddit. Did you know that Humvees don't require keys? Military Humvees. Uh, I read that on Reddit. It's just a switch. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, like it's a button. You just push it. Yeah. Uh, as many Humvees have gone past, I understand they're gas guzzlers and all that, but, mm-hmm. you know, you could definitely use them to run over a couple of zombies. Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, again, if they didn't, if they did everything smart, even in an otherwise excellent episode, I wouldn't be able to write my awesome survival critique yeah. on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before that happens, before they actually uh, execute the plan, Dale continues to split up the group. He, he sends... Half of them off this way. Says half of us will stay here. Um, and we get Daryl. Who's what are the got, odds that a 12-year-old in, girl in the Georgia education system can read a sign? Pretty I'm good, just joking, Georgia. Pretty good. I'm Come joking. on. I'm from Indiana. <laughs> I, I can't judge. Yeah, I'm, just, I, I'm living in a giant glass house here. <laughs> um, but Daryl has a giant bag of drugs that he's been collecting. He's got what? – apparently Merle is – like a drug connoisseur because he's got blue he's a crystal pharmacist. meth. He's yeah, he's got the blue crystal meth from Breaking Bad. Right. He's got ecstasy. Uh-huh. He's got antibiotics, painkillers, everything you need. Right. In the this good bag. stuff too, because you know the really good stuff. Merle got a lot of VD. Yeah, the clap. Which I gotta think on. that's all due to rape because Mer- <laughs> who? What woman? People in- raping Merle? No, <laughs> no. I mean, what woman would willingly lay down with Merle? I don't know, man. They're out there. I guarantee it. Uh, we probably have some listeners. I guess that's the bag, the candy bag. That's what that's purpose is <laughs> he for. He just shakes it and they come running. Uh, also, roofies. Yeah. Roofies were in that candy <laughs> oh, yeah, bag for lots sure. Lots of roofies. I think I just answered my own question. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, rape. <laughs> um, so, also, before they before they get in trouble there at the end, um, Rick is acting like a dumbass. He's saying that he wants to go out. Um, where Where does he want to go? I can't remember. He wants to go out and, like, look for Sophia or something or help Shane. What are you talking about? Rick wants to go back out after Lori gets there. He wants to go back out for something. I can't remember what it is. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure I remember that scene. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it was actually a good scene between Rick and Lori. I, it was the first time that I really, like, felt for Lori, her situation, because she was telling Rick, like, you need to be here. I can't go through this again because this is the second time yeah, right. that she's had a family member laying dying from a gunshot wound. Right. I 
Which like, is, I really felt for it in this which scene. Which is a very artful thing that the writers did, the, the book in this. Yes. You know, yeah. with uh, Rick getting shot and Carl and Lori reacting to news and then Carl getting shot and Rick and Lori dealing with it. I, I mm-hmm. thought that was really artfully done. Definitely. So very highbrow for a zombie film show. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's what they're going for. Uh, so the final scene, we get Shane and Otis. Um, they get the goods and they get trapped. Yeah. And they get trapped in the high school. Now, I couldn't I couldn't tell where they were once they get into this high school. They bust down the doors. They shoot the doors out. Yeah. Um, pull the gate closed and then just stand there. Surely that's, like, that's got to be some kind of vestibule. I'm and... thinking it may be doors. Like, they're between two doors, two sets of doors. Right. But that's... I don't know. This show's got a fetish for live humans prancing around in front of zombies yeah. behind a flimsy barrier. It, we it saw seems... that in the second episode of the – or maybe third episode of the first season where they're, you know, window shopping for jewelry yeah. in front of a horde of angry zombies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the correct response would be to break in whatever door leads to the school proper and hightail mm-hmm. down that. But, you know. But they're, they're going for – it seems like they go for drama – at the expense of realism, at the expense of believability, which is fine. It's not to fine. A point. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I think there's appropriate times where you can, you know, because, for example, you liked in Breaking Bad when they slammed through jetliners together. Sure. I thought it was re- goddamn ridiculous and almost <laughs> stopped watching the show. Uh-huh. So it's like different strokes for different folks. I could see that some people, you know, and it was uncomfortable. Like all those damn zombies with their arms through and, you know, making the Sleezak noises. Sure, yeah. Uh, it was very especially for a horror pussy like me, what well, had me on the edge of my seat. So, but yeah, I, I think that yeah. the show could do a little bit more to wring the same amount of terror and not have the scares be so cheap, I guess. Well, that, like... If we want to take it back to Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad would rank would rack up the the tension and the drama by lingering on a shot of someone who is contemplating something that just happened. I don't think these guys are thinking about what just happened with the zombie encounter. They're they're still scared and they're just sitting there being stupid. I, I don't get why they're just standing there. Yeah, their flight response would be so that they they yeah. wouldn't stop running as soon as they got the door shut. They wouldn't stop running until they feel that they're safe. Yeah, and I don't think they felt safe right there. Right, they didn't look like it anyway. Or maybe one of them locks up like Otis, but then Shane goes, "We got to go," and then they they take off. But they wanted yeah. to end on a cliffhanger, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so that's it. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the recap. Are we going to go straight into listener feedback? Uh, yes, we will. Okay, why don't you take us there? Um, so we're going to do the first episode first, um, and we got some from the second episode. First, uh, Eric Walquist. I'm going to use his last name since he's a public figure. Oh. Uh, he's our buddy from... Governor of Utah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's our buddy from uh, Personal Arrogance, who's... Uh, we go way back in the podcasting business. If you mm-hmm. uh, don't have enough general geek-type podcasts in your life, yeah. you could do worse than listening to Personal Arrogance Yeah, uh, at personalarrogance.com. Uh, he sent us on Facebook. He said, hey, love the episode. Guys shared a lot of the same opinions. Um, and we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, back and forth. It's funny because we had half of our listeners say, thank you so much for, you mm-hmm. know, not being fanboys and telling it like it is in Walking Dead. And we had mm-hmm. half the listeners say, you guys are being too mean to Walking Dead. And we hate your show. And we're giving you one star yeah. review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Which is fun. Whatever. If they if they want to leave one star reviews, go for it. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just I saying mean, it's interesting. It, everybody that we has got, an opinion, you know. We got the the uh, reaction, and I, why do yeah. you think that is? Um, 
I'll give you one of the uh, more positive negative feedbacks from Nerdy Baker. She says, guys, 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 I was a bit upset with your podcast. I don't mind your criticisms overall to show and agree with some, but I really have a problem with uh, some. Like, if you're going to have Shane keep looking like the bad guy, then have him keep looking like the bad guy. You guys complain about writing it. You want a black and white bad guy instead of something complicated. Do you think he would ever uh, have attempted to rape anyone besides Lori? I don't think so. I've got a couple problems there, Nerdy Baker. Um, one is you can have a complex villain. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my favorite shows, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Mad Men, chock full of complicated villains. Yeah. What you can't have is a guy who is portrayed as basically a good guy and then a guy who almost rapes his friend. And to me, there's a that's just a line. And once a a character crosses Hmm. that, it's like if Shane had murdered Rick, like Hmm. he was kind of somewhat tempted to do. Yeah. um, Yeah. I can understand the motivation. uh, But then at the next episode, the writers had him portrayed in a sympathetic light. I would be like, what? Yeah. Um, I mean, part of characterization is something that you can anchor Mm -hmm. and understand and get in that person's shoes. And if they keep yanking you back and forth from, Good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. Um, you have to do those shifts a little bit more slowly and subtly, I guess. Absolutely. If yeah. you want us to connect and have empathy with the characters. Like, that's the thing to me is Shane and Lori both seem very, very schizophrenic. They seem almost like two different characters rolled into one. Uh, at one point, they're trying to, they're all about doing the right thing. The next point, they're raping somebody. Like, well, it, it doesn't, and then. And then after the rape, they go back to wanting to do the right thing. It all, it just doesn't, it doesn't, like you said, anchor the character in any sort of uh, moral I'm, position. I'm, I'm sure there's people right now screaming at their IMAGs, it's a zombie apocalypse, people are not acting themselves, it's loss of humanity. And it's like, okay, okay. Right. But like, Merle, if the episode, if like, so let's say he didn't get chained on the roof and he remained with the group. If the next episode, we had a flashback of him buying flowers or uh, helping a little old black lady with her groceries, Uh we'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, that's the kind of example. So it's like, I don't mind him being shades of gray, Mm. but black, white, black, white, black, white, black, white, flashing so back and forth that it's supposed to look gray. It seems amateurish to me. Yeah. Uh, She continues, I never thought he left Rick in the hospital out of malice or just wanting Rick's family for himself. Agree. Uh, I guess you are all glad that you got your clarification of finale, but I never had a doubt. But Why? You, the writers get. I mean, that's. I, I guess I can't disagree with your feelings, but I don't think the writers gave you anything to base that on, other than you just thought it would work out that way. Because what evidence did you have that he didn't abandon Rick in the hospital? Sure, there there wasn't any. I mean, we didn't know anything about that backstory. Right. Um, I also never doubted that although he put Rick in his sights, that he was not going to pull the trigger. But seriously, if I was him, I would have been toying with that idea a lot sooner. Again, yeah, fine. I mean, toying with the idea, I actually thought that scene was okay, too. Yeah, I thought that was pretty effective. I didn't have the problem. I'm really omitting the rape, Mm -hmm. and I kind of, you know, that that would have been – I would be fine with everything in Shane's arc except for that one. And I think I already said this earlier in the episode. So Mm -hmm. because it's a big deal, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't care – how crazy you are mm. and how racked with grief or confused it's that's you know it's not cool it's not cool man it's like I, for example if rick savagely beat carl hmm. because carl gave him lip uh, uh, that'd be horrible 
you can't say, well, zombie apocalypse, man. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not cool. You know, same thing with uh, Carol's dumbass husband, you know, beating her. Yep. Uh, obviously, that was a pattern with his character, but mm-hmm. if it had just been some out-of-the-blue thing, that wouldn't be cool either. Well, see, they I thought they worked that pretty well. We knew that her husband was an asshole, right. and he was clearly an asshole. Right. And and I and Shane beat the motherfucker down. Absolutely. <laughs> so, which, and, again, I, I'm confused. I was like, why am I supposed to feel about this guy? Uh, I felt pretty positive about that. Yes, about I felt yeah, was that's a good what's guy what I there. meant. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. They kind right. of played him. But, again, that's the kind of – I like that. Again – I think I'm only complaining about the rape scene. If that yeah. was out of there, or if they handled it differently, like he could have been kind of pawing at her and mm-hmm. um, like, why don't you love me? It's like, this is right. But he forced himself on her physically. And that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that was a tough one for me to take. So um, she says, I'm not really a Shane fan. I just think he's human. You know, what a concept. So again, there's human. And then there's crossing lines that are hard for me as a viewer to 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 walk back from and and i'm not going to say that nerdy baker is wrong i mean that's that's obviously her opinion on the on what's happened in shane's sure. characterization uh but i guess we're just not seeing eye to eye we're not reasoning it the same way you know? right um i got another uh i'm gonna read another um feedback and then i got one off of uh, itunes i wanted to read okay um uh our friend Gerilyn from another podcast buddy of ours, from wow. the the Bacaz show. We have too um, many podcasting friends. Which I actually I love I love her show, and I'm not even the target demo for it. I don't think if uh, yeah. you want to listen to some really cool funny moms talk about life and fun stuff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> life yeah. and stuff, life, love, and licorice. yeah, like you, <laughs> know, know. you know, not zombies and not methamphetamine, but. Mm. Uh, you know, mom stuff. Yeah, <laughs> non-zombie apocalypse. Check stuff. out their show, The Because Show. Um, she says, okay, I'm calling you out. You said that this episode was handed off to Darabont, second-in-command once he left. However, direction credit is giving to er- Ernest Dickerson, who's also very A-list, well-respected, and directed episodes at The Wire. And I'm like, I think I, I, I responded like um, the Darabont actually pulled his credits from all The Walking Deads. Yeah. Or the ones coming out. He's using a pseudonym now. But I didn't mean, like, honestly, that this guy was going to direct everything because I don't think Darabont directed everything. No, he, he did writing and he did the production and all that kind of and stuff. And he's still credited there with the, the series creator and producer. Sure. But so um, the other thing is I didn't do a lot of research. I didn't have yeah. – we, we were going to do the kind of the two-week lead-up and, and, and mm-hmm. get more. And that story had come out, I think, that afternoon. So I didn't have a chance to analyze herself, so – yeah, we were expecting not to have to uh, do a cast until a week from now. Right. So, and so we were going to do like a half hour introduction, and yeah. a half hour. What's yeah. the news? What did we miss since last episode? Uh, All didn't that get that luxury. Yep. So anyway, um, uh, Kevin asks us. I can't seem to find your Walking Dead on the Zune Marketplace. Are you just doing iTunes? Um, as a Zune owner, I'm outraged. <laughs> and we will fix that. I had to like sign up for Zoom, and I, yeah, it was a big I, we, we will have that fixed within a fortnight. I promise you. How long is that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have to get my old timey conversion. <laughs> Move on, uh, Mike from Illinois. Uh, really enjoyed the podcast. Uh, looked all over last year for an honest podcast about The Walking Dead, and now mm. I found it. Your honest discussion is about the good, the bad, the ugly. The show is refreshing. Well, well thank, thank you. you. And <laughs> that was the other side of the coin we got. Yeah. Yeah. He continues, the group needs to act with urgency and sensibility, not the horseshit we are forced to endure. 
Daryl's a badass. Rick yes. is milk toast. Shane is nuts. Dale is a dick. Carol's a whiny bitch. And Carl reminds me of the kid from The Shining. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's spot on on everyone. I, mean, I feel bad for saying the kid is creepy now that he got shot, but uh-huh. the kid is creepy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think I wonder how he's going to age into this role. Imagine how creepy he would be as a zombie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of an audio drama on iTunes called We're Alive? It's a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. drama that's very well done, and the cast would not of uh, The Walking Dead would not last a second in it. Um, I need to check that out. I feel like I have listened to some of that. Um, something about a river crossing in a si- I don't know. Well, it's if been a fans, long time. If you're fans, fans of zombie lore, Mike from Illinois. Highly recommends the podcast We're Alive. Highly or hardly? Highly. <laughs> okay. I just kind of, I stuttered, sorry. <laughs> um, one other, neg- um, well, so I'm going to finish the feedback for this week. Um, professional podcast critic Daniel W.B. said, accurate critique of a very uneven season uh, opener, doing your part to balance out the Walking Dead fanboy casting ratio. Don't bail on us yet. This is fun. Uh, he says, clearly, the character development is the weakest aspect of the show, and mm-hmm. that is now fully relying on the shock and awe provided by the shufflers. Speaking of which, yeah. two walk- speaking of which, the two walkers in the forest looked like they could have started for the 2011 Colts. Hey, now! <laughs> uh, Ooh, low blow. Harsh but fair. Just, <laughs> yeah. just like our cast. They got Har- destroyed last weekend, didn't they? Harsh yeah. but, yeah, historically so. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, he says, the church soliloquies were brutal. The second go-around had me rummaging for the remote. And what were those three yeah. zombies doing in the church anyway? These They may be slow, but they're always on the move. Like I said, in the show lore, the zombies tend to, in absence of fresh meat to chase, do things that they find familiar about their former lives. Yeah. Which I think is also incredibly fucking creepy. Sure. Like the zombies yeah. sitting there praying in the pews and, like, the mom trying to get back in the house. That yeah. is creepy. Yeah, when they exhibit inequalities of a yeah. human, it's very, very creepy to see these. Because essentially we think of them as creatures, just they are, yeah. these bizarre monsters. But when they exhibit hum- human qualities, ooh. They have that flash creepy. of recognition of once they want what they once were, and it just yeah. makes them, ugh. Um, he says, one minute Carl's mom has one of those kitty leashes harnessed on him. The next he's leading a charge into the wilderness. Again, Great point. Yep. They could have done that with better writing. Like, she'd been, like, over my dead body, and Rick's like, the kid's got to be a man. You know, we're in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. The kid's got to be a man. Schizophrenic. Overriding or whatever. But, you know, she's, like, smiling and saying, go off with your dad. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Um, he's, He did defend the show. Uh, this early in the apocalypse, I think the group would devote some serious time searching for the girl. It's not like they really have anywhere else to go. He'd say a two-day minimum search, which... Okay. They're it's, right. It's been about two days, hasn't it? Yeah. So we're, but he's saying that's minimum for a group this size, this new, this I, early on into the zombie apocalypse. I say do the minimum. Get the hell out of there. Well, yeah. You have no, you have no heart and no soul. But also they do have somewhere to go. They're heading to Fort Benning or Bennett or Bonjo, whatever it is. There's one of the clues that some of the Walking Dead fanboys are insane. I saw mm-hmm. a professional critic get savaged by people in the comment section because he's got Bennett and Benning confused. Yeah, and ridiculous. The comments were along the lines of, if you can't get a detail like that right, I'm not even going to read the rest of your review. I'm like, come on, people. Seriously, totally inconsequential And, and they're accusing him of nitpicking, by the way. <laughs> oh, are they? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Benning, Bennett, that's not a nitpick. Yeah, no, no, no. Hmm. Um, Jesse from VA uh, overall likes for show, but he says, I got to say, I don't think you get it. You two seem to be all about the zombies and such. That's not the point of The Walking Dead. 
Zombies are a backdrop. Survival is the key. The people are more dangerous than the zombies, and the zombies are just there, and only sometimes a major threat. That's why I liked the first season so much. It was true to the graphic novels and not just your typical zombie fiction. The drama in the show is important. You two complain about it, but that's the point. I'm actually confused, Jesse, from Virginia, because we are all about the drama. Yeah, I don't want to be a dick, but I think you don't get it. Yeah. I don't think you get our podcast. Well, we were a little drunk last week. Maybe we did a bad job. Were we? Yeah, man. We had like a bottle of the red in us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, But, yeah, if this was just a zombie show, Mm -hmm. we would not be covering it. Exactly. It's not just a zombie comic. It's not just a zombie show. Right. They deal with details and issues that we want to see, and we want to see them dealt with consistently and intelligently and so far that has not been done right. and that's what we're railing against i i don't get me wrong i love a good zombie bash a good uh zompocalypse as much as anybody else right i like action i like killing zombies and humans and whatever but i also want to see that drama that they just haven't delivered on you need strong characterization to make those those points within like between the zombie attacks like you said worth a damn yes you need strong characters with clear motivations and i actually wrote a, an article about this on our website uh-huh. uh yesterday that said exactly this that you need to have strong characters and i need to understand what their motivations are to overcome the motivation of survival right. and to make the show not just about survival right and because else- that's the default mode in zombie world like you said yeah and if you don't care about the characters you don't care if they get eaten and then exactly. the show is just about gore yeah. Which, again, I wouldn't do a podcast on. Sure. Um, so we're in agreement there. I, I don't know what the issue is. He also, his theory is that Lori is batshit insane because she's with child, which is a popular theory. That is a popular theory. Um, that could be what Jenner said to Rick at the end of last season. And it's the mood swings and hormones that got a hold of her sanity. Um, he also says, speaking of hardcore atheists, he is one. I think one of you may be a closet atheist, and that's a shame. He must be talking about me because you actually outed yourself did i yeah last week oh you just outed me i don't think i did i'm officially calling you out though and yes i was rolling my eyes at the church scenes i can enjoy religious music and even literature but these scenes are well just quite frankly dumb um okay so yeah you're an atheist i'm agnostic or i i prefer you're just a you're just a pussy (laughs) no i actually call myself (laughs) you won't admit it i call myself an apathist um because i grew up as a fundamentalist christian and Mm. i just don't care to think about god now which means you are a god uh walking dead god scene apathist as well you just don't care when he's praying yeah yeah you just don't care when people are appealing to a higher power that's accurate so it's like i just i haven't given enough thought to tell to say if i definitively don't believe in god or not and i'm not going to because i've already thought too much about god already yeah so hope i didn't piss anybody off including the hardcore atheists, but there, there it is. Um, before we get on the feedback in the second episode, um, I wanted to mention another uh, review um, from iTunes that – why can't I f- get this up? Um, let's see. And I'm only reading it not because of the criticism, but uh, uh, the FRG FBS said, uh, I used to love these guys. I've listened to all the Breaking Bad podcasts, but I'm not sure the one guy used the word retarded so often. Use your brain. Using a word like that is unnecessary and hurtful to people who can't defend themselves. All right, wow. so that's a fair criticism. I don't know that I agree with it, um, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 willing to have my mind open. So if like if the listeners want to educate me about, and I'm not a PC guy, but as I've talked about before, I've made strides in like um, 
I don't have a lot of hate in my heart, but I do have a lot of ignorance in my mind. Um, so, like, in the last years, I've moved away from saying things are gay and, mm-hmm. you know, using the other F word that's derogative for gay people because I see it as hurtful. Um, and I've, I've done that with a lot of other things um, as people bring them to my attention. And I'm not necessarily saying I want to agree with you, but I would like to, you know, if you want to write me at uh, walking watching dead at mm-hmm. baldmove.com and let me know about why in particular this word. Because here's my defense. Um, I grew up with a retarded kid, me and Jim, both, he was in our gaming group and we hung out with him on a weekly basis. And we mm-hmm. used the R the, we used the word retarded all the time mm-hmm. and nobody seemed to take offense at it. It literally means, you know, mentally challenged, mm-hmm. uh, developmentally challenged and using it in the context of something stupid that the uh, or, or, illogical that the writers use seem like it's a correct usage of the word okay so i'm not touching this one with a 10-foot pole man coward yeah yeah i'm just saying it's like i, I just want that's people... offensive to cowards everywhere <laughs> <laughs> uh people are courage deficient yeah. Um, no, yeah i'm gonna try to make light of it but i'm like i'm also not going to just roll over and say okay this guy's saying it's unnecessary and hurtful i'm not going to limit my vocabulary unless i feel like i've got a good reason for it so if you want to Right back and elaborate more on that. Um, you know, I'll stew on it. Uh, moving on, you got anything? Any other? Just moving on to the next episode's feedback. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Michael M. Uh, talking about the flashback says, "Awesome backstory. Knowing the people is the most entertaining part of the series, and knowing these people in their ordinary lives is enormously powerful and revealing." Yeah, totally agree. He says we now see that Shane and Lori are very close. He Shane is the friend, family friend that delivers the most intimate uh, of news. We also see or are reminded of how close Shane and Rick really are, which I say we really needed. Uh, Shane wiping the blood off of Rick's son from his face. That mm-hmm. was extremely well done yeah, and effective. Uh, I think the first three minutes of this episode are very good, very revealing. Uh, Shane and Daryl step up as car- uh, candidates for leader encouraging – ah, excuse me. They step up as candidates for leader slash encourager, bypassing Rick in my estimation. Agree or disagree? Um – I think Rick was kind of out of commission or he would have been doing the things that they were doing. He would have gone to the high school if they needed something, if it wasn't his kid or whatever. So, I mean, they are stepping up for sure, but uh, Rick was incapacitated. Uh, he says the group is now separated into three, which has made the story much more interesting for me. I agree. Having the one mm-hmm. big group, it's hard to get everybody's story in and how to get everybody's motivations and have everyone to have a say. That is true. And they actually ended up doing this a lot in Lost as well. Where yep. You have the big ensemble cast. Sometimes it's smart to split them up, give them all different missions. Especially since it made sense. They had yeah. valid reasons. It wasn't just my feelings are hooked and I'm going to yeah. take my Volkswagen and white off into the sunset. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I said, um, the point where they needed to go get medical supplies that seems like a very logical reason for the group to split up uh michael continues i like it that it appears Lori and shane will be together alone again um this is an interesting angle on their three-sided relationship and it really reminded me that the show is not about zombies it's about the people and how they interact among each other he does know that otis is not Lori, right <laughs> what Lori <laughs> and shane are gonna be alone together well when i guess he's projecting to the future Okay, because right now he's stuck with Otis, and I don't think they're getting it on. No, no. <laughs> Maybe he's going to try to rape Otis. Although Rick <laughs> and Shane looked like they were having a moment, and uh, yeah, and, yeah. and Herschel walked in and was kind of, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. 
you know, those Georgia plantation owners, they don't truck with zombies or the home, the homosexuals. They do not. Yeah. Both. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's see. Were you going to say something intelligent about that email? Cause I totally sidetracked it. No. Well, he continues, okay. uh, the silly angles. He said, Sophia is about to enter a second night alone in the woods. This seems the hardest plot point to swallow. You're assuming that she comes back alive. I don't know. I don't know that that I I don't know that that's going to be true. I I would have a hard time with her coming back alive at this point. And I don't like her as a character. And we've already got one kid, so unless they find her with like a group of other people who have somehow like cleared out the church or something, maybe yeah. that could tie it all back together. But man, a girl out in the woods alone, even without zombies, is not going to fare well. You add in the zombies, and there's no way she's coming back. Uh, he also didn't like the plot angle on T-Dog. He said Dale peeks at his wound. He squeals in pain. <laughs> hey, look, man, T-Dog should have died from that wound. Uh, easily. So I can buy that you take the duct tape off and you would squeal a little bit, having yeah. that kind of deep, deep wound. Yeah. Um, he said T-Dog's philosophy and Dale's attempt to understand it is equally lame. I like T-Dog's philosophy. Dale's attempt to understand it was like a dog, you know, it looked like a dog if you say the word food to it. And they're, like, just kind of turning their head left and, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Racism? Suspicion of white rednecks? What? Oh, yeah. It, that, that's a little bit much yeah, for me. sure. Uh, the ever-bold John P. from Portland makes a stunning mm. return to form. He says, holy shit, coherent, distinguishing character development, likable characters. Was this really an episode of The Walking Dead? <laughs> hey, now. Yeah. Uh, seriously, last night's episode was fantastic. Agreed. Uh, one, mm. I'm still a little concerned with his characterization of Rick. I think he's just a bit too emotional in the show. Obviously, it's a bit more understandable with last night's episode, but I can't imagine him, or I just imagine him being more strong in his outward appearance. Um, of course they could be starting him off this way in order to break him down and harden him to make him, uh, you know, more of a leader, which that seems, that's what I think that they, they breaking him down the rock bottom before he comes back up. Well, to me, this episode was the point where he broke down. It was, it was God's big fuck you to him, right? Like, here's your son. Right. Here's your son. Yeah. I'll shoot your kid. Uh Um, and the flashback at the beginning with Lori talking about how closed up he was, uh, before the whole zombie apocalypse, I think this was meant to juxtapose that and show him breaking down and opening up and showing his emotions more. Oh, yeah. I think that's the whole one of the big points of this episode. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I imagine someone else has pointed this out, but did you notice Walt's product and Daryl's stash? Yes, and but you were the first to point it out. Also pointed out by Tom G., Matthew A., Joe, Drew M., and Brian W. And all of Reddit. And all of Reddit. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't do that every week, but we are a little light on the feedback, so I figured I'd take the time to scrape it all. Cool. Um, suddenly, I'm feeling the urge to write some fan fiction involving Heisenberg inadvertently developing the zombie infection as he's concocting something to take out his next big adversary. <laughs> yeah. Or the DEA. Yeah. It's a poisoning. Yeah. It's rice and gone wrong is what the oh, cause yeah. zombie apocalypse. I like it. I yeah. like it. It's funny also that we think 15 to 20 messages is a small amount of feedback now. Oh yeah. Well, oh, compared man. to the last episode of Breaking Good, my god. No kidding. Um one uh Joe says just Joe. Uh one Walking Dead complaint I have is not much happens in 1 hour of Walking Dead compared to especially what happens in every episode of Breaking Bad. Mm. Uh yeah. not sure that's a fair criticism because there was a good 3 or 4 episode stretch in Breaking Bad where a lot of fans were like this is going too slow. There's one of those in every season I think. Right. But uh, somehow Breaking Bad seems to be able to generate tension from yeah phone ringing and yeah 
you know, Brian Cranston staring at the camera for 30 seconds. It's absolutely incredible acting. And this acting in Walking Dead is not bad. No. Like, I've certainly seen worse, but I've certainly seen better because I've been watching Breaking Bad. Right. And I think that's the main problem here is everyone has seen Breaking Bad. And to have another show on the channel compete with it uh, that isn't Mad Men because Mad Men is also extremely good. Yeah, I think AMC could have used a couple weeks in between the one ending, the cleanser palette. I think so. Yeah. Um, although I will stand by my criticism in the first episode. It was below mediocre. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Brian W. says, uh, this episode is good and the writer writing was closer to the comic. Uh, I read some f- posts on Facebook during the show and they were saying it was boring. It's too much like a soap opera and we need more zombies. Oh, yeah. They don't understand great drama has great dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I bet they would think Breaking Bad is boring if Walt didn't kill someone in every episode. So there is sure. some people I'm sure don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead gets how many views? It got 11 million views, I think, in the premiere. Uh-huh. So there's your evidence right there. Right. Breaking Bad gets like four max. Right. Um, moving on, uh, Matthew A. writes on, uh, said that uh, it was a drama. He said that he saw glimpses of the first season in the drama, and he enjoyed it Im- immensely. Um, I agree. I think the first season was pretty uneven, too. Mm-hmm. But you know there is the pilot and three or, or two or three other really good episodes in that stretch. Of course, that's fifty percent. Yeah, you know, well, like fifty percent really good episodes. Right. So, right. No doubt, it's a good show. Yes, no doubt. But that's why we're casting about it. Exactly. But we want it to always be a good. show. And I'll show. be the first to say, all you people on uh, that are saying, why are you covering the show? If Walking Dead went a whole season of being like the first season for, for first episode for me, mm-hmm. we would not do a third season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still on the table. Like, <laughs> sure, they need they need a couple more good episodes like tonight's. Or yeah, like they need to Sunday's keep the was. quality at about this level mm-hmm. for a couple of string these episodes together, and you know I'll be happy. I'll be a happy watcher and reviewer. Yeah, because I'm not a, I'm not a Walking Dead fan. I I feel like I'm more, and I'm not a little. I'm not a Breaking Bad fan. I'm I, I'm closer to a critic. That see, that's really I think the difference between us and a lot of the other Walking Dead podcasts is. A lot of the Walking Walking Dead podcasts out there are fans of the show. They're and the they're comic. going to watch and like the show, no matter what it does. I think mm-hmm. uh, it would take something ridiculous to throw them off the scent. We are really about watching good television, whether it be The Wire or Mad Men or Breaking Bad or Walking Dead. We want to watch and deconstruct and report on good television. Right. And so when we have a show that's that's really good by most standards the walking dead um it's disappointing when it doesn't live up to that reputation right and if we can show you the ways that it it has failed uh like episode one was uh i think that's kind of what we're out to do we're not out to just say hey we really liked this um Yay, raw, go Walking Dead. Yeah, because I want the show to be good. And if I don't get invited to Comic-Con panels, well, fuck it. You know? I, I want all of television to be good. Yes. I don't just want to watch the shows that I like. Right. I want it all to be good so and I can watch it all. We're go- I think we're going through a golden age of television. We I are. want that trend to continue and not to be you know pulled down by... The Jersey Shore, which we also cover. <laughs> That's, well, I <laughs> In don't. a very different way. Yeah. Yeah, our friends do after they get b- b- blown Blitzed. out of their mind. Pixelated. Um, 
Yeah, pixelated. Uh, he said, aside from all that, uh, I think the new cast of characters, getting back to Matthew's email, I think the new cast of characters brings a lot to the table, especially the vet. I hope they stick around for a while. Mm-hmm. I've not read the comics, nor do I have any intention to, so this is all new territory to me. Enjoying it quite well in the absence of Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, we've read the comics a little bit, but we make it a point that we only discuss comic things after in the spoiler section. I read so. the comics going into the first season, so it's been a long time since I've read the right, comics. Right, but you know, like there's some things. I've been, there's I'm, some big points. We there, have yeah. a clear, those people that are nervous about it, you know, we play music, give you 30 seconds to switch off the podcast before we talk about it, and we consider everything yeah. from the comics. Even stuff that in, seems like it was covered in the first season that might not come back around. I'm mm-hmm. not going to discuss anything from the comics, because if you, you, you know, you want to remain pure for the show, I respect that. So. Sure. Um, Mike asks, is it just me or does Norman Reedus look more buff than last season? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. If I were on a major television show, I'd be working out all the time. Well, I mean, he's got his bare arms out there, but I don't know. His guns. They're tw- I don't know that the, I don't know that he looks more buff. He looks like he's got, you know, reasonably strong arms. He looks dirtier. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like, I guess he could beat a T-Rex at an arm wrestling competition, but... <laughs> I don't I know mean, about that. He's putting Dale to shame, but I would say <laughs> that Shane is b- about as beefy. Sure, sure. But, you know, don't be ashamed of admiring the male physique. I mean, if you go back and <laughs> dig into the Blue Yonder archive... Uh, oh, yeah. Me and you get pretty homoerotic about Schwarzenegger some, some and Stallone. Some badasses, man. And, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's natural to feel attraction to that much concentrated badass. Because you want to be that person, right? You want to be with that person. No, not with. Don't you put with in there. Their must. I just leave it at you want to be that, not with. I'm t- I'm, hey, I'm, you want to be with I got called out for being closeted. And I'm not going to keep my I'm not going to keep my man crushes under wraps, man. Don't right. try to repress me. Uh, okay, do what you want to do. Uh, it makes you feel good. Okay, so that's all the feedback we got. Great. Let's ready to kick at the spoilers. I am. Uh, uh, let's talk about. Um, tell them where they can find us. Uh, Baldmove.com yep. throughout the week, and we'll announce it on Twitter and Facebook, so you don't have to necessarily come back to the, sh- the site every day. But it'd be awesome for hits if you did. Yeah, go check out my article that I posted yesterday about why The Walking Dead will probably not satisfy a lot of fanboys, zombie fanboys. Um, also, every Friday I post a survival critique of the preceding week's episode, where I basically and, and I do it in a tongue-in-cheek fashion. I lay out. Say, mm-hmm. Scenarios where the survivor did one thing, uh, what I th- and what and what I think they should have done instead, yeah. and then the reasons for it in so, a humorous tone. Yeah. So if you want something to read over lunch on Friday or over the weekend, um, I hope you enjoy that. I got some feedback on that that I'm going to be incorporating into the article, not the cast. Uh, if you want to keep up with this, we're also going to consolidate all of our social media efforts under facebook.com slash bald move on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We've got separate feeds for breaking good breaking and uh, walking dead. We're going to push those into bald move because we've got people on our breaking bad section, comment about walking dead on bald yeah. move, come out walking dead and the wa- watching dead. It's and getting, if we start doing other podcasts, game which of Thrones, are, mad men, which we want to do. It'll just get too much to manage. Right. So we want to get everybody onto the bald move feeds, uh, Twitter at bald move. Yep. Go there. I'm tweeting all the time. Uh, where else? Email. How about that? Uh, watching dead. We are keeping those separate just for our own sanity. Um, yeah. email us at watching dead at baldmove.com If you want to send us emails and get your, uh, feedback right on the cast. Uh, did I miss anything else? I don't oh, think so. 
Oh, we got to give uh, credit to for our awesome intro music. Oh yeah, my we brother. Need to, we need to work that into our actual introduction. We do, we do, we do. But for now, since we've already done the introduction, uh-huh. uh, my brother actually wrote that. He's got a band called Mysteriana. Uh, you can find them at mysterianamusic.com or in the show notes there'll be a link to the actual theme song that we use uh, at the beginning and the end of this podcast. Yep. So go check that out. It's a pretty cool song that it has the the whole like three and a half minute, th- almost four minute song. Yeah. So we only I, play a little bit of it, and it's I really love cool. It. We play it. We actually the intro music you hear is actually live through our headsets when we play, it, and it gets me kind of pumped. It does, man. It, it oh. lets me lets me do my intro thing. It's got a nice dirty sound to it. And now I'm gonna do my outro thing. How about that? All right. Uh, that's it for this week. If you are keen on spoilers, join us after the music. Until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Let's go ahead and get into any spoilers you have. I don't have a whole lot. Uh, well, we've got some from John P., but I want to talk about some, my stuff first. Um, oh, you would, you selfish cast. prick. It's our cast, rather. Um, <laughs> Shane versus the Fat Man. Okay. One of those guys is going to die next week, right? I'm Yes. And the only reason I'm putting this into spoilers is because Shane is dead at this point already in the, in the comics. Yeah, Shane was shot by Carl. Yeah. Um, for trying to hurt his dad. Huge, huge spoiler. Uh, God, I hope only the people with the spoilers God damn stuck it, around. it's after the spoiler music. No apologies. Yeah, okay. You, get right. what, you got what's coming to you. Huge spoiler, Shane is dead, Carl shoots him. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's going to be Otis dying, um, but I don't know because in the comic, Shane dies. Honestly, you know, they're breaking with continuity, and, and uh, Kirkman says it's deliberate to kind of keep fans on their toes mm-hmm. so that... You know, unlike Game of Thrones, where if you've watched the, if you read the book, you've seen the series, yeah. vice versa. It's not necessarily bad. Uh, I enjoy. I actually watched the series first, then read the books. Thought it was fantastic. There's people done the opposite, but it is an interesting approach to basically this is inspired. The characters are drawn from, mm-hmm. um, but they're throwing significant curves about how the this stuff is going. So I almost wonder if Shane's going to be the one that dies. Uh, maybe. I wish that... Well, here's my thing. Can the writers let go of the Shane and Laurie plot at this point? Has it played out? I don't think it's played out. The Shane-Laurie-Rick triangle has not played out. No. And I think that's... I think they're hinging a lot of this season on that. Do you think both can survive the encounter? No. No. I think, if anything, I actually read this, um, an interesting idea on Reddit today, which was... Otis is going to make it back, but he's going to be bit in the process, and there will be a struggle on whether or not to kill him. Um, I read on Bet- Reddit. Between the survivors that we we know, our group, and the people in the the farm who don't want to kill him. I read on Reddit that uh, o- there's some speculation that Otis actually sacrifices himself. 
That would be cool too. As a deliberate yeah. distraction away from the zombies to atone for because if he doesn't, yeah, because they shot Carl. If he doesn't, the little kid's gonna die, uh-huh. and he's like, it's better for me to die than a little kid. Which that would be. God, that would be noble as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's been a stand-up guy. I could see him doing that. Um, I'd feel sad because sure. I actually kind of like Otis. I like the guy playing him. Uh, I do too. Yeah, and they actually made a point about that too. Apparently he was in some other shows, and he sticks around for about a season usually. Really? <laughs> and then he's out. So he may live through this. Um, the other big spoiler here is what's going to happen with this farm, you know? Like in the in the comic book – we know that – do you know this? I might be spoiling this for he's you, keeping too. His, he's, he's keeping his family. His family and neighbors barn. and stuff in the barn, yeah, as zombies. Mm-hmm. So we may find out very soon, and that may be kind of a, you know, I, a I, point in the show, too. When I said that I was hinting that this is going to go dark places, I didn't think that. But his speech mm. about how this is all temporary and we'll yeah. find the cure and that – Wow, that would really dovetail well with that plotline. Oh, absolutely. It would be creepy as fuck. Yeah, man. I can just I can picture the scene in my head where Rick finds that. Oh god. And it's fucking horrifying. God. So I mean there's a lot of stuff coming up from the comic book, you know. Um I don't know how much more I really want to talk about that stuff. Uh well John P says okay. he's not sure uh how he'll feel if Shane ends up dying attempting to get the medical equipment back to Rick. He says it's one thing not to follow through with his fate in the comic, but to replace it with a sacrificial attempt to save Carl would be a bit much, I think. Well maybe he'll survive and Carl will still have to take care of business. No worries, that's an early comic spoiler and I'll refrain from later comic spoilers that may or may not appear in one way or another in the show. Hey man, don't worry about it. Um since this is a spoiler section, I will ask you just to make my life easier and to have a better chance of your email being read. That if you have spoiler stuff, kind of put them in the one, like either the top or bottom of the section if, you, if you're mixing non-spoilers and spoiler mm-hmm. takes. Yeah. Because else I'm either going to have to take your whole email and put it in a spoiler or I'm probably going to read one or the other because cutting and pasting it two or three times when I got 50 emails yeah. or 100 emails is not going to happen. Sure, sure. When I got a full-time job and two hours of prep for the show. Yep. So um, you feel free to put spoilers in it because obviously if it's in the spoiler section, I don't care. Um, and just, you know, if you, if you want to be nice to Aaron, please split them up into discrete parts. Um, he said, uh, the reason I like the comic is because it's just instinct on Carl's part to save his father. So you think mm-hmm. they'll recycle that plot after, like, as a curveball? No. Too many people have been shot already, honestly. I don't, I don't... Accidentally? Yeah, and it seems like they're out of the woods for a little while. But didn't... Um, that, Carl got shot in the comics just like this, right? Didn't he? Oh, man, I can't remember. I thought he did. He, I, I think he did, and then when he recovers, he has the gun. So I'm... I'm assuming that the gun that Daryl found in that tent that Andrea now has, that Lori had for a while, is the gun, if they're going to do it, that Carl's going to use to shoot Shane. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because they made a big deal about Daryl finding that. Why Why would he find it? Why wouldn't he just end up giving her his gun or another gun from the stash or something? Hmm. They made it a point to show us, hey, Daryl found a random gun. Chekhov's gun? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. Uh... Have we had it for this episode? I think so. I don't have any more spoilers I want to discuss. Me either. I may go back and read some of the comics so I can really blow the audience's mind with spoilers later. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Blow my mind, too, because I'm, I'm only barely ahead of season one. Okay. Be- so, all right. Did you not just unload all of your Walking Deads? I did. But you can find them online. Oh, are we advocating piracy on this podcast? No, iTunes. Com- oh, com- yeah. Comicsology. 
yeah. is a, an iTunes app where you can download all of those in DC and whatever. Cool, cool stuff. All right. Um, so that's it for this episode. Uh, unless you have anything else to say, you look like you're ready to. I'm ready to bolt. Okay, all right. Then that's I, it for I'm this acting episode. like Shane should have acted in that high school. It's like I've <laughs> I've slammed the door in the yeah. listener's face. You're already and now, up out of the chair. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on to the next objective, man. Then let's do it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking through with the spoilers, and we will see you next week. Yep. See ya. Oh my God, I was.